Today's She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 187. I am sitting down with one of my dear friends, Steph Crowder, and we are talking about why you should focus on what excites you. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Friends, don't forget tickets are on sale for the She Did It Her Way Summit this October. So if you've ever wanted to start your own business, but you're just not sure where to start or let alone afraid and overwhelmed, I get you. I was there. And or maybe you've recently launched your business and it could be a side hustle as well, but are uncertain if you're doing all the right things to make it sustainable, then this summit is for you. Absolutely no doubt. Again, we're going to be going over sales, marketing, how to price yourself, legality, understanding what entity, how to actually count your money, all that good stuff. Be sure to head over to shedidaherwaypodcast.com forward slash summit for more information, speaker lineup, and tickets. And now for today's podcast interview, I'm sitting down with the lovely Steph Crowder, who if you guys have been following the podcast and listening to episodes for some time, then you definitely are no stranger to Steph Crowder because she was actually one of our initial like early guests on the show when we first launched the podcast. And in that interview, we talk about how she quit corporate America to join an early startup, if you will, called Fizzle. And at the time, we went through the whole journey and transition from corporate America to now working at Fizzle, what it's like to take a 60% pay cut in order to pursue something that actually lights you up. Fast forward to today, she's got a cute, adorable 14-month-old daughter. She's still crushing it as head of member success at Fizzle. But today she brings us different insights based on her new experiences as a mother and someone who is a hustler and strives for ultimate success. What I really appreciate about this interview and what I appreciate about Steph is she is so, she's such an open book and she shares everything. What I appreciate about Steph is she is an open book and she does not hold back. And so she tells us and she shares with us that when her daughter came into this world, her heart and dedication became split between being a devoted mom and an ambitious leader. And she wanted her career and role at Fizzle to continue to grow and move at the upward pace it was previously. But she also needed to do this in less time because she didn't want her daughter's life to be consumed by daycare and wanted to be an involved parent. So she wanted to do it all in compromising nothing and felt she could do so with a rigid scheduling and time management. However, she quickly realized that that was a no-go. And so she began to see that this way of thinking and living was being reactive to her conundrum but not actually proactive in changing anything. So she started delegating her workload and saying no to the things that were minuscule and weren't what she wanted or needed to be doing, such as getting trapped in email jail and handling Fizzle's social media presence. So by eliminating unnecessary tasks and distractions in her life and at work, she was able to be the mother that she wanted to be and spend quality time with her baby. So there's so much in here as well. So I just, we talk about, 
be okay with not getting constant feedback on your performance as an entrepreneur, which I know I also struggled with as well. Learn how to merge skills as a mother into being a leader in your professional life. Know how to delegate certain tasks at your job and projects so that you can focus on your personal or family life. So my friends, do yourself a favor and continue listening and tune in to the episode with Miss Steph Crowder. Okay, here we go. That was so funny. We got into that intro and then I was like, oh wait, never mind. I didn't press record. But uh, like Steph and I were saying, we were talking um, I know for me as a host, it's so nice to catch up with some people who like have been previous guests on the podcast, but also who are close friends of yours. And so Steph Crowder, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda Bo. I love this. It's so fun to feel like I'm just sitting down and having a coffee with you. I'm, I'm super excited to catch up. I know. It's so funny because we live in the same city and we're like, yeah, let's grab lunch. Let's grab coffee. And then we're like, oh, wait, no, that doesn't work. Shoot. So sometimes it's just easier. Thank goodness for technology to be able to say like, let's, let's do a virtual coffee day because I have my yeah. coffee here and this is perfect. Yes. And we'll welcome all of our friends and listeners to join us as we catch up. <laughs> yeah. So whether you guys are on a train, you guys are like, getting ready in the morning, maybe having a glass of wine, whatever you're doing, and just pull up a chair and yeah. tune in. But last time, Steph, you were on the podcast and you had just gone out, left your corporate job, six-figure income, and mm-hmm. joined a company called Fizzle. So why don't you catch us up to speed? What is it that you're doing? Give us a little bit of background just so people who haven't listened to your previous episode can know a little bit about you, and then we'll go from there. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I can't believe it's been two plus years since I've sat down and talked to you on this podcast. So for people listening, like Amanda said, I'm Steph Crowder. I'm one third of the team at fizzle.co. We offer courses in community for creatives, freelancers, and entrepreneurs. And my job over there is I'm very, very customer focused. Um, I call myself the den mama over there because I basically just bring it it in for the real thing and help people (laughs) every single day. Um, There have been thousands and thousands thousands of customers who've passed through our doors over the past five years that Fizzle has been around. So it's been super fun and an honor and definitely a wild ride since I was on this show two years ago. Uh, In addition to that, another one of my big roles at Fizzle is I am the host of a podcast called Courage and Clarity, of which Amanda Bolin was my very first guest. So if you guys haven't listened to her on the show, you absolutely should because she was amazing. No surprise. Mm. But uh, Courage and Clarity is one part inspiration and one part instruction for entrepreneurs who are going after what they love in business and life. Um, So that's kind of what I'm up to on the day to day. When you guys last heard from me, I had just jumped ship a lot in thanks to Bo because we had, I'll never forget, we had this coffee chat when I was still a Groupon. We went across the street to this little coffee shop and she, I'll never forget, she was like, listen, it kind of sounds like you've got one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat and you're going to fall in unless you just go. So I got my butt in that boat and I left the shore I, and, I, and I went to Fizzle about two and a half years ago. I love it. I know. I always laugh because if someone's thinking about quitting their job, I'm like, just be really careful. Yeah, don't hang out with Bo. <laughs> don't hang out with me if you're re- if you're like if you want to quit and you need that push, then hang out with me. But if you yes. want, and let's do it in a calculated, more strategic way, so you can be successful. Obviously, when you land and then you get in that boat, versus yes. just like quitting and not having a plan. That don't do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> right. Bad idea. Exactly. Don't do exactly. that. But yeah, I, I, so I definitely had a plan and I was very excited to join this amazing company called Fizzle. Uh, I had been a customer myself. I had been building a career coaching business on my own, but felt so incredibly aligned with not only the personalities on the team, uh, but also with the mission of the business. Frankly, what the business does 
at Fizzle is what I was trying to do by myself. And so the opportunity popped up to join. Actually, originally, it was a part-time customer service position for which I was way overqualified. I was running a department at Groupon at the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I kind of had this sense that if I could just get a foot in the door, if I could just get on this team, I could earn my place. I could really become a, I just got that, I had that sense and I, I had to try. So I did take about a 60% salary cut to join the team, had long talks with my husband, John, about how we could make it work. And uh, through a lot of hard work, as well as having amazing coworkers at Fizzle, I've been able to earn my way pretty much all the way back to where I started uh, when I left. So it was a leap of faith for sure, but it was something that I knew that if I didn't try, I would always regret it. And I thought through the worst case scenario. Like I asked myself, what is going to happen if like the worst possible thing happens? And in my mind, it was like, this is a terrible fit. There's no room for me to grow. And I have to polish up my resume and get back out on the Chicago job market. And I was like, nah, doesn't seem like I have a whole lot to lose. So I went for it. And I'm so, so glad that I did because man, I've gotten to work on some awesome stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about here on the show today. But it has been such a fantastic ride so far. That is awesome. And now, and also to your mom. Mm. Side note. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I am mom to a baby girl who was born about 14 months ago. She is cute. And she's uh, definitely challenged me in new ways. I had a friend of mine, Sarah Peck, on the Courage and Clarity podcast. She's starting a media company called Startup Pregnant. And I always think about her because she talks about how there is no better leadership training than the first three months of being a mom and being pregnant for that matter. So it's really cool, actually. And I agree with her 100% that there are a lot of lessons. There's definitely a border between startups and pregnant pregnancy and also motherhood. You learn so much about business. I think business and entrepreneurship can teach us a lot about how to be the CEOs of our families. So it's really cool to kind of see how these two different systems can play together when you're doing both in your life. Yeah. And I can imagine too, and what we were talking about before even like pressing record and talking about how, like, what is it like to have now be a mom and have this beautiful, like livelihood child while at the same time running the business and how that like impacts you. And I'm so excited to dive into that because I know that you are someone who's like, yep, I'll share anything. I'll be honest. I'll be open. And I think, and I like, I know that that's what I love about the podcast is, is when people share that and can be so open. Mm -hmm. Um, talk to us then. Well, actually let's just dive right into it. Give us your experience on like one of the biggest changes or what did you learn and how are the similarities from your experience of startup and then having child? And I mean, I'm interested because I, I definitely plan on having kids and I want to be prepared to know, like, just like when you start a business or you quit your job, for me, maybe it's just my personality, but I want to know what people go through and like, what's the experience and how can I learn from that? And I think the same thing, and I know the same thing's got to be true too, for like when you have a child and you're a new mom and you have a business, like tell us everything. Totally. Okay. So you know that feeling when you've left, um, for people who have left a more traditional corporate environment where there's this hierarchy and you're used to regular feedback, maybe you get a uh, one-on-one meeting with your boss to get some feedback or a monthly review or an annual review, whatever the case may be, you're used to that feedback loop. Like, And I think that starts early for us when we're in school, we get grades. So we're always kind of like, at least for me, I feel like 
and I had to learn the hard way just how attached to that feedback loop I really was, that praise seeking that we get used to where like you want to hear you're doing a good job. If I'm not doing a good job, I want to know so I can fix it. You get kind of, at least I did, I got kind of addicted to that self-improvement and to being mentored, which I was so lucky to have in my corporate life. You know, when you jump into the entrepreneurial world and all of a sudden you don't really get that. Like, oh my gosh, yes, I know. (laughs) And, and you're I, like, how am I doing? You like, know, you don't know. And sometimes you, like the only feedback you get are the voices inside your head, which are not exactly. always the most encouraging. But I also remember too, when I left corporate and went out doing consulting and like I would be in a room and I know that I would be doing a good job. But then I was like, why is no one telling me I'm doing a good job? Yes. And part of that I think was like maturity because as you get older, you realize yeah. like you just have to believe and know that you're doing a good job. Right, right. But so it's interesting because the same thing happens with motherhood, at least for oh. me, it did where, you know, I, I was very lucky. I was able to take three months off um, for my maternity leave. And I worked with my amazing teammates at Fizzle to make that happen. Uh, those three months were super challenging because, I mean, not only are newborns like it's just a whole new world and there's you could take all the classes and read all the books. But at the end of the day, it's just like you get thrown into the deep end, much like business in a way. You can only like study entrepreneurship from the shoreline for so long. When you get in, you're like, OK, I am out of my depth. Very similar for motherhood. And I remember having that feeling where it's like, I don't know if I'm doing a good job. I had to really get past Ooh. that where I was like, you know, it's not like my my baby was like, hey, mom, you're doing great. Keep it up. She right. can't talk. She's either crying or sleeping and she needs so much from me. And it's hard to know, like you don't get that praise that you're used to. And in, in the beginning, especially like morning turns into night and you haven't left your clothes and you haven't seen anybody except maybe your husband. And those days like drag on. So for people who are high achievers, who are used to being, uh, you know, social or just connected to other adults, it's a challenging time. You have to, by the end of my three months, I finally got to the point where I was like, you know, I actually got this. Like I am in a groove. I am able to be still enough to just be happy that like I'm in this beautiful stage where my whole job is to nurture this life. Like I finally got my mind around that, but it really did take a lot and it challenged my identity, how I see myself because I've always seen myself as I work hard till the job is done. You don't quit until you reach the top, like all of that stuff the same logic doesn't apply in motherhood. That's not a thing. Like you can't just work your way out of, you know, the, the, the sleepiness and the (laughs) tears and the hormones. That's not like, it's actually the opposite. The best thing you can do is to just turn it all off and be like, you know what? I'm just going to be here. And I feel like I can say that and it probably makes sense. But until you're in that and you're so used to identifying yourself as like this, just like woman who crushes it, you it, it doesn't compute. It doesn't carry over. It doesn't make sense. It's like a new language. So that is definitely a crazy transition. But the cool thing is once for me, like once I got that, once I, and I'm still working at it, but once it started clicking for me, I'm able to bring that into my business now, which is super cool because that was not a, a skill that I had before. I wasn't able to, you know, like just be present in my business and say like, what do I really want to be working on? And how do I accept that this is where I am and that, you know, trying to just work enough hours is not necessarily the path to success. So it's really cool. I think the lessons that you get from this like new identity that you have when you can pull them into your business mind, really amazing things can happen, I think. Yeah. Well, talk to us then too about when you were saying how you parlayed it from motherhood into business and working on the things like, can you share more on that? 
Yes. So one of the things that I struggled with, and I am the type of person, maybe many of you are too, I guess I would call myself a people pleaser, or I just like to be seen as a help, as helpful. I never want to be seen as the person who's um, shirking my responsibilities. I never want to be misconstrued as not a hard worker uh, or not ambitious or something. And when you have a child, you're your priorities do change. You still care a lot about your business, but now, especially as a mama who works from home and is in control of her own schedule, now you've got an interesting game to play, which is how do I balance childcare with my work? And for me, I knew that I don't, I wanted to be able to find a way to balance that and not have childcare from eight to five. Uh, some people make the decision to do that. But for me, I was like, you know, this is why I got into this whole game. A big reason why is because I want more family life. So for me, my objective became how can I be as effective and as successful and as much of a team player with my with my two partners? How can I be just as awesome in less time? (laughs) And the answer is not by like running into a wall. And that's what I had to find out first. Like just try, oh, maybe if I just like, you would not believe the number of planners I bought, the number of like webinars I went on about time management. For a while, I believed that if I could just set up my schedule the right way, that I could get this right. I could get 40 hours of work into 25 hours. That was not the way. So I had to, like that was the first challenge was being afraid, almost like a new imposter syndrome set in where I was afraid of how people would see me in this new, world like would they challenge would they see like would they see my uh, ambition being compromised would they see me as not as capable as I was before so all these questions and also trying to spend enough time with her like just this crazy dance that you're trying to do so finally after going on all the dumb webinars to try to understand time management I realized that I was being reactive in my business and not nearly enough uh, enough proactive mindset that was just not happening. I was doing everything that came my way, whether it was the email inbox or I handle our customer support at Fizzle. I was keeping that inbox open all the time and I would go and do like a little bit of a proactive thing and then I'd jump back into reactive mode. And of course, I wasn't able to fit all of that into less time. It's physically impossible. So what it challenged me to do, because I had a choice to make, I was like, I either need to pay for more more childcare, which means less time with my daughter, or I need to get better at saying no to what I don't want to be doing. And you know, get better about like, hey, I only check my email a couple times a week. Things like this that you hear that you're like, you hear them on podcasts, you hear you read it in books and it makes sense. But until you have this like motivation, that's like, no, this is the difference between having the life that I want and being in in email jail, as you call it, Bo. I've heard you say that. No, like have this new motivation. That's like no, like sometimes when I'm, when I'm like, oh, I don't really want to say no. I'm like, well, do I want to lose more time with Maddie? And if that's like the ultimate driver. So now mm. I try to look at like what is the twenty percent of the work that I do that gets me eighty percent of the results. And if I can really hone in on things that, for example, drive growth at Fizzle, like my podcast, like uh, coaching our people, like you know, in the trenches with them and try not to say fully no, but at least to kind of like be more strategic with how I'm doing the stuff that yes, it's important, but I don't need to be doing it all day, every day, like email, like social media and the the mindless scrolling, things like that. Really holding myself accountable because the stakes are higher, I think. Well, and you bring up a really great point. I remember back, I, and like, I don't know, a handful of years ago, I used to, like, I wasn't as diligent or structured with my 
schedule, especially during the week. And I could, oh, and I was always like, oh, like I'm not doing anything this weekend. I can just do it this weekend. So then I found myself really splitting my time versus actually being purposeful with the time that I had. And I finally got to a point, I was like, this is, this is unnecessary. Like, where can I actually be more efficient, productive during the week to be able to have my weekends to do whatever I want, like activities that can reset my creativity versus allowing myself to expand into the weekend where you're saying too, like, no, my motivator is, is my child and I'm going to stick to the nine to six. And so my, in that case, the motivator for me was, no, I want my weekend. So I'm going to, when I'm doing the work during the week, I'm going to stay motivated to get it done. So I don't have to do it on the weekend. So I love how you said you, you have to find that motivator that really is that like, it puts you in, it gives you the parameters and a why to decline or maybe not say yes right away, but down the road, maybe who knows. Right. And I think we also have to look at that. I'm still working on this big time. Like I am really, this is like me right in the middle of trying to get my head around this part, which is like the activities that we find ourselves doing. This is kind of what I mean when I say the reactive stuff. I find myself doing a lot of things in my day because I've always done them. Mm -hmm. And I am now trying to challenge that more and say like, what is this for? Like, who cares? Like, let's say for example, that you've always had a podcast. We don't challenge that enough. We're like, well, I've always had this podcast. It's been running. Like I have to, I have to do it. I have to do it. And this new lifestyle that I'm living makes me say, well, do I want to be doing that? What is the point of it? Like what, what is the reason why? And giving myself like this new, just like permission slip to be like, if I, if I have an activity that I do or like a project that I want to take on now, I just stop and I say, well, what would be the result of that? Like, what is that going to do? Is it going to be, is, is it going to reach my number one objective, which is growing fizzle? That is everything I do. That is my North star. Like that's all we need to do in our business. So sometimes when I see people are like, you know, let's call it Instagram, like Instagram's the it thing. Everybody's got to be going crazy on Instagram. I, again, I am like a people person. I go, my, um, my brain instantly goes, well, I need to go run over there and do that. And I have to like, now I'm like stopping and saying to myself, does, is that really aligned with what I'm trying to do? Or are there other activities that I'm going to have to sacrifice to go chase that shiny object? And comparison comes into this. We see our influencers doing things. So I've really tried to just put myself in the driver's seat and say like, hey, is this activity that I'm interested in pursuing, is that going to really align with what I care about with my personal mission? Or is that just like the next hot thing? And allowing myself to like, say, you know what? I don't need to take on that project right now. I'm not trying to build an empire over here. I'm just trying to have a lifestyle business. I'm just trying to support myself and show my daughter an example of what meaningful work can be. I don't need to have a million followers on Instagram and giving myself that permission and saying like, there's always going to be time. That's like a big mantra that I I repeat to myself right now. There's always time. Like there's no race, you know, we have plenty of time. And that really, really has helped me to just unwind from like, sometimes I do look at people who, and we all do this in, in different ways, but like I see people who who don't have kids and how much time they have. And I get myself into this toxic thinking. It's like, oh, that'd be so nice. That's not productive. And I'm so lucky to have what I have. So I just am trying to like allow myself to just be living in this and to be more thoughtful about what I actually want to be doing versus in the past, I probably would have chased it just because other people are doing that. Mm, I love, thank you so much for just sharing everything that you just did. And uh, it's so true. And thinking like, take a moment, step back. And I'm similar to you where like I get excited about things and and like I'll do a knee jerk reaction and be like, yes, let's do it. And then I like a day later, I'm like, Ooh, 
I probably should have thought about that a little bit more. Yeah. And the impact, because, and that's something that's just an observation awareness thing for myself, but I think it's important for other people to figure out that awareness for them too. And one of the things that we would, when I was doing um, a lot more consulting is we would go in in the, in the discovery phase to learn about organizations in their employee engagement and it'd be what's working, what's not, what's there that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Because to your point, we do a lot of things unconscious. There's that four levels yes. of like, um, unconscious or your conscious, your unconscious incompetence. So you don't know what you don't know. And then it's unconscious or it's consciously incompetent. So then yes. you move to the stage where you now know what you don't know. And then you move to conscious competent. So yep. you're actually thinking about what it is that you're doing, but then we fall into an unconscious competent, which is that autopilot. And we don't stop to say like, Hmm, what, why am I doing this? Does it have, like, is it going to a North star? Do we even have a North star of where we're going? And I mean, a great example is if you're learning how to drive a stick, stick shift, you know, you move from like, you don't know what you don't know, and then you know what you don't, and then you have to think about driving a stick shift, but then you get so good at it. Similar to like the way that we all do in our jobs that we can do it on autopilot. Like I know I'd ask people in, um, if they're like a top performer and I'm like, well, what is it that you do that sets you apart? And people automatically are like, well, I'm just really motivated, hard worker. And I'm like, yes, that is true. But what is the behavior that actually is yep. driving you to achieve the goals? Because then you can skills transfer it, which now I'm down a rabbit hole, but I'm really passionate no. about that stuff. And like, but just all about taking a step back and knowing it's okay and giving permission to say, what's working, what's not, and then what's here that doesn't necessarily need to be here? Like, are there things that I'm doing that I'm just doing to do? And then if so, like, does it need to be there? How can I automate it or how can I outsource it so that it no longer has to consume as much time on me? Yep. Working harder, longer is not a strategy. And I think that's a controversial opinion. But for me, that's just <laughs> what I've noticed amongst a lot of entrepreneurs is being the like trying to it's great if you're a hard worker, like that is definitely going to shorten your learning curve. But if that's what you're like, you just said, if that's your sole strategy is like, oh, I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going you're going to hit a wall. I mean, I have not seen someone not burn out on that model. And I, mm -hmm. I am an example of that where like you will reach a point in your life where that no longer becomes a viable strategy. It might work in the short term, but when you get to a point when your priorities change, it doesn't feel good to try to live from that place. So I think but to your point, like, yes, hard work is great. It's, it's something that can power you forward. But if you're trying to have that be your sole strategy, it's just not going to get you all the way there. And that was definitely a hard learning, the hard thing for me to learn, but, and I'm still working on it big time, yeah. but starting to like really understand that like, you know, there, to your point, there are other behaviors I can be more disciplined. I can be more intentional and I can add that to hard work and that's going to create a more peaceful way to, <laughs> way to run my family and run my business. I think. Yeah, I know. And, um, another example too, of thinking that when you're, you're saying like, what can I tweak? I mean, if you think about take swimming, swimming, for example, and a coach might be walking along yelling at the the swimmers like swim faster swim faster like you can only swim as fast as your body will allow you can only work as hard as your body will allow but it isn't until maybe you tweak something so like the way that your hand goes into the water might actually give you like make you swim faster but swimming just telling someone to swim faster and just doing it doesn't necessarily make you faster it's changing what you're doing that can get you more output versus like same input but more output on that too as well um 
really quick, I want to give a shout out to today's podcast sponsor, partner. I always like saying partner because I just, I like partnering with people. Yeah. It feels more collaborative, right? Um, but it's HelloFresh. And so some of you guys may have heard me talk about HelloFresh. Some of you might be, you guys might be new listeners. So if you haven't tried HelloFresh, definitely, definitely need to try it. So for first time users, you get 30 dollars off by using the HerWay30 promo code when you guys go to HelloFresh.com and then in the checkout. So I literally just made one of the HelloFresh's um, meals last night. It was a summer quinoa salad. I cannot tell you the flavor. I'm always so blown away because it, every time I get them in the mail, it just the flavor gets better and better. And you take they like take these basic ingredients and they somehow like put it together. They ship it all to you. They make it super easy and convenient. And it's fun to like not have to think about what you're going to make or even have to go to the grocery store. So that's why I love it. And it's less than $10 a meal. So if you guys have not tried it yet, definitely do so. You can check out the podcast notes for this episode and I'll have the link there. Otherwise, just go to HelloFresh.com and use promo code HERWAY30. So yeah. Nice. Do you, I yeah. love HelloFresh. I've used them before. They're they're <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. It's nice to like have it on like not you don't have to do it for every meal. I mean, obviously you can if you want, but having some like on on hand is great too, especially yep. when you're in a pitch and you're like, oh, I can't make it to the grocery store. Oh, wait, just kidding. I don't need to. I've got HelloFresh in my back yep. pocket. So anywho, yes. So I love the, everything that you just said in, in the comparison of like being a new mom and having feeling like startup because like I said, I'm very curious about that because I definitely plan on having a child and I want to know and I, yeah, yeah, I just love everything about that. So talk to us then about like how Fizzle, I mean, Fizzle's been around now for what, five years? Yep. So, and you've been, I oh gosh, I cannot believe it's been two years since we I last know. like had on the podcast. You guys, where is this time going? Like it's crazy. It doesn't slow down. That is so true. It like doesn't slow down. Share, uh, share with us where like that is because you guys are at a new level in five years being in business. I mean, most companies, I don't even know the percentage, but it's pretty high, don't survive even past like one or three years. So kudos mm-hmm. to Fizzles for you guys being in business five years. What are some of the different challenges and hurdles or how is the thinking different from when you first joined when they're three years in to now being five years in? Yeah, it's such a good question. And hopefully for people out there who are maybe more towards the beginning innings of business, uh, this might be comforting or I don't know. I don't, I guess comforting or reassuring is the word I'm looking for where you might look at, I know I did and I still do. You look at a business like fizzle or B school or something like, you know, smart passive income. You look at these big players, these people who've been in the game for five plus years and you think to yourself, man, it must be so great to be Corbett Barr or Marie Forleo or Pat Flynn because they have got it all figured out. And now they get to just like sit back on their private island and drink Mai Tais. And I'm here to tell you that that couldn't be further from the truth. So maybe that's, hopefully that's not disappointing. (laughs) But what I mean, I mean it in a positive way, which is that all of the principles that we talk about, like you guys are hearing on this podcast, as well as others that you might listen to, you know, the diligence, the constant iteration, Mm. it doesn't stop. Like it, 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 it gets to a different level, but it's, it's constant. And I think that the moment that you stop feeling challenged in business, that's probably when you got to be worried, actually. So for people like I'll take you guys behind the scenes when I get together. And just a couple weeks ago, I was in Portland with Corbett Barr and Chase Reeves, the co-founders of Fizzle. And the three of us were like, we went on a super long four mile walk around the Willamette River there. And we were just having this 
big high level conversation, which basically sounded like, who is Fizzle? What is it that we do? Like, why do we do what we do? And who do we want to be? I think that when companies reach this point, and I noticed the same thing at Groupon, Groupon was like six years old when I left, right around that five year mark, companies reach this point where they're like, okay, we are proven to some degree, like we have a lot of success. We, you know, at Fizzle, we employ three people full time. It's like an awesome uh, accomplishment. And we've had 10,000 customers plus at this point. So in a way, a lot of people are like, wow, you guys have made it. But to us, we're just at a point where we're like, you guys are getting started. You're like, yes, (laughs) we're getting started. But we're also like, what do we want to be? Like, what do we want this to be? Because I think companies get to a point where they do reach a plateau where they're sort of like, all right, we are at this level and all of the activities that you've done up until this point to grow you this far, kind of, it's not that they stop working, but those aren't going to be the things that bust you through to the next level. So that's where we're being challenged outside of even the experience of the three of us to be like, what does that look like? And we're actually going to start, I think, um, really turning and which I think is always a smart thing to do, start turning our attention towards other people who are further along than us and say like, what did, what did they do to go from this? this like sort of treading water and it's success, but to really bust through to the next thing. That's like, what are the activities that are truly innovative? I think this is the point where companies like this get a chance to change the game. You've got to be a disruptor in order to reach that next level. So that's the kind of stuff we're talking about now, which is like, what can we do beyond, you know, playing in the box that we've always played in? How can we truly uh, do something that's going to change the game of what it is like to be an entrepreneur of a modern business? So those are the questions we're asking. And we've got some big, big, big ideas. uh, But it's really it's challenging as well as incredibly invigorating to be in a in a w- part of a company that doesn't we don't know the answers guys like we are, are we like to say at fizzle that everything in your business is a hypothesis mm-hmm. and it's totally true even even when you're as far along as a business like this so everything is still a hypothesis we have to test and tweak and iterate and uh, it's really exciting to be like on the precipice of, of okay where are we going to go from here so that's kind of what it feels like to be in a business that's this far along so some Sometimes I actually find myself a little bit, uh, a little bit jealous of people who are just starting. Take advantage of that fresh energy because your business will reach a point. And Bo, I wonder if you've even experienced this with the experience that you have, which is your years in at this point. You do kind of fall a little bit into a rut of always doing what you've always done just because that's how you've done it. It can be really challenging to step outside of what has been. So when you're just starting out, like the, you know, you've got that like empty chalkboard, the world's your oyster. So it's really helpful to try to get yourself back in that mindset, even if you've been in business for years. Yeah. My fiance shared the same sentiments too. And they, they've been in business for eight years and they got over like their, I don't like their hurdle or hump, but like they got over to the point where it's like totally everything's working great, but they're just in a really good place. Like things are running on cylinders and you know, I like, he's never come out and said anything point blank, but sometimes I, I wonder too, like you almost get like this, okay, we made it. And I know when I, I watched, um, an interview, it was like two hours long with Mimi Icon on uh, London Reel. And it was, it was a fascinating interview. I don't know if you know her whole story or like that whole thing, or if you, do you know who Mimi Icon is? I've heard her name, but I don't actually know much about her at all. Yeah. So she, um, her husband's Alex Icon and they like brought the five minute journal 
And okay. they also started Luxie Hair, which is like their first big business. And they were doing YouTube videos. I mean, I think the Luxie Hair YouTube subscriber is like almost over 3 million. It's insane. But anyway, she was describing when her and Alex, and again, it's a beautiful story and journey. And I don't know, like this is where now I'm going to go down a little tangent is where someone's life can look so amazing and you can think, yes. like, oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Like it's perfect. But then when you actually learn about their journey and I, I now I'm at the point where I'm like, if their life looks so glamorous and they're so happy, like there is a story behind it that made them that way in a way that I was like, there was some sort of struggle because I, I honest and like she says it in her interview and like where she was raised and her parents and her family migrated from, I think it was like the middle East to Canada. And she like worked and I don't, I don't think she finished college and this was all in the interview, but I was really motivated by the fact that in that journey and after they started Luxie hair, like they hit it big. Like it was within the first year, it was like seven figure business. And they went on a vacation to France and she just, she was like, I was almost depressed because I felt like, like this was it. And now I didn't know what came next or where do we go? What do we do? And so you kind of hit that wall where you're like a little lost. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's kind of what Fizzle felt too, but I'm, Sharing that again, it's an amazing YouTube clip and video, and it was just really inspiring. That, um, I that journey. I wonder if that's like kind of getting yourself over that and trying to re-engage and excite yourself for the next step. Absolutely, I think that is it's it's really an interesting paradox that it this this might sound disappointing, but it's I think it should also be full of opportunity. Where I think we all do believe. I mean, I could think of a million analogies. I think I always think about like fitness and weight loss when I think about business because I think a lot of us have these ideas. Like if I could just lose that last fifteen pounds, if I could just run a marathon, I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. If I can just get myself to the point where I fit into a size four jean, I'll feel really good about myself. What's crazy? About that. You guys have probably all heard this. The goalpost moves. It keeps moving. Like if it's not tethered to anything, that is when it just, you'll just want more and more and more and more. It won't be enough. You'll get that quick like release of dopamine from the success initially, but then you'll be like, well, now what? So I think I, 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 I too love those stories. That's why courage and clarity exists. That is the courage part is understanding like what was that moment where you realized, I, like, who am I? What what am I? Because when you are someone who just has chased after that success, you will reach a point where you're like, but this isn't it. So that's when, to me, that's where the real work begins. And that's uh. when I get really excited because that's when, that's when you have to say to yourself, what do I care about? And that's when I think we are at the perfect moment to discover our true values. And when you know what that is, when you know what you care about in this life, you bring that to any work. And that, so that's what's really cool. So yes, I think success is amazing. It's so cool to see people like Mimi Icon who are killing it. But you're right in that there is, I think, a moment behind that that's like, well, what now? Mm -hmm. So it absolutely has to be tied to something. And that's what I think you learn when you are, you know, in that habit of iterating and just continuing to grow. Yeah. And I found that like entrepreneurship to test that whole, like your, well, when you talked about identity in the beginning, and then also, um, just when we put these conditional terms on whether we're going to be happy or whether yeah. we're going to, I mean, I used to do that. I did that in the past year. Like I would put conditional terms on, I, you know, I'll be happy after blank. I'll be happy after this. Right. And then finally Mike was like, no, 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 no. Like happiness is a choice. Every you day. To choose to be happy. And I'll tell you, it was like, 
God, there was so much spiritual growth the past year, and I don't think I'm done, which is like, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> You're just getting started. <laughs> I'm just getting started. But I, I feel like, and I firmly believe that like, when we can finally rest in the moment and be and say like, you know what? I'm happy. And then start like reminding yourself of what you're grateful for. And um, Tony Robbins has these gratitude walks or gratefulness walks. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but I, I think I have. Yeah. Yeah. It literally just starts out that, and you can do this with your partner or you can just do it by yourself. Um, I actually just did one the other day and I had my headphones in acting as if I was talking to someone, but I was like, I'm grateful for my long hair. I'm grateful. And you start saying things that you're grateful about yourself. And then you start moving to external. And then you start saying your things that you're grateful for that like haven't happened yet. But you say like, Oh, I'm grateful for like, our beautiful condo or whatever. And it's like happiness cannot like just choosing to be happy in the moment, regardless of conditional circumstances, I feel like is the ultimate freedom and power because then you're not bound by external things or other things like don't dictate your happiness. The crazy thing too about this that I love, I love that concept is it actually has been shown and I I can vouch for this in my own life because I've been trying to practice this. If you can get yourself into that mental space, it will, this is one of my quote unquote productivity hacks. You people talk about life hacks. This is like, (laughs) this is like the ultimate life hack. And and Bo, I know you're a fan of Jess Lively. So am I. And she's been talking a lot about this too. This idea of, she calls it alignment over action. And if you guys want to hear more about that, you should go listen to her because she's the expert, but trying to take action, not from a place of need. Like I need to be successful. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like that frantic energy. Mm. We're much better suited to go on a gratitude walk or, you know, use the five minute journey or meditate, whatever your cup of tea is to get yourself in a place where you're like, you know what? I'm good. No matter what happens today, I genuinely feel good and work from that place. Like I can tell you, I'm still not as good at this as I want to be because I do go into frantic work mode because I don't have a lot of time, but I really am trying to get myself like take that time, take that time in the morning to get myself to a place where I feel really good because I inspired action is so much better and more effective and just more, I don't know, I get way more done. I feel like I'm doing more meaningful work than when I do it from a place of, I got, I'm racing against the clock. I feel stressed out. My workspace is a mess. So really just like getting into the place where it's like, you know what? I, no matter what happens today, it doesn't matter because I feel good regardless. And that is definitely a new mindset for me, but it's really, it's a really cool thing to try to explore. Yeah. And I, yeah, Jess Lively, I love listening to her podcast and and the whole alignment thing. And to your point, yeah, sometimes it's so hard because you're like, I know I need to get an alignment, Yes, but I'm really, I need to get this done, but it's almost getting, I totally agree with you when I feel more aligned and I make sure, and I go through the morning routine, which includes like journaling and meditating and the five minute journal and uh, being able to read, even if it's 10 minutes, it is so, my day is way different yep. than if I don't. And it's like, if you're an athlete, it's so important to do a warm up. And the warm up yeah. allows you to like get into that like physical and mental state for what you're about to do. And I know like meditating, I can tell a difference when I like, if I go a week without meditating because quote unquote life gets busy, like, of course, but. I then I'm like, well, dude, if I don't have 10 minutes to sit down and like let my brain be silent, I should be doing 20 minutes of meditation, you know? Yes. yes. And, but it's a total game changer in difference of when I when I do it and when I don't do it. 
Yeah, because you just have that clarity of focus to the, then you take that energy into your day. And like we were talking about earlier about getting better, about working on stuff that truly matters to us. What you're talking about is doing the work that gets you connected to what matters to you. If you're not connected to that, you're not going to make good decisions about what you should be working on. So it's really hard. And like full disclosure, I have a lot of work to do in this department because I feel so quote unquote busy, but I do notice a huge difference. I notice a huge difference in my focus and it's the difference between feeling confident in my work, feeling joyous in my work. On the flip side of that, it's that feeling of jumping from thing to thing to thing to thing, not knowing what the hell you did today. That is really, I think what I find to be the major difference when I, when I make myself take the time to get into that space. Yeah. You take a step back and you're like, okay, what Mm -hmm. are the things that I need to accomplish? And what are things like you just being able to prioritize is so different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This has been amazing. We went deep. I know. I'm trying to think (laughs) if there's anything else I want to cover just because you're such an amazing resource and value. Like it's been amazing. I mean, is there anything that I haven't brought up that we should talk about? That's that you want to share. Stuff. That's the big stuff. I think, um, you know, one thing, I guess here's one thing I'll share that I've been, why don't I share something I've been thinking about this week and yeah. a concept I've been exploring because we got just a really, a really good question in our community over at Fizzle this week. And I bet everybody out there can identify with this because I certainly could. Um, someone in our community came in and said, what happens when your love for the work isn't enough to get stuff done? And it was such a good question because I feel like there's a lot in our culture that's like, just try it, like want it enough, believe in it enough, manifest it, vision board. And her question was, no, like I want it. I really want it. But how come when it comes time to sit down and do the work, sometimes I can't get myself to do it. And I thought that was such a good question because I identify with that. There are certainly things I've wanted in my life so badly. But then when it's time to, again, let's, let's take it to the weight and fitness, weight loss and fitness world. Like, yeah, I want to lose the rest of the baby weight, but when it comes time to go to the gym that day, how come sometimes I skip? How come sometimes I have a piece of cake when that's not aligned with my goals? It's not that I don't want the thing bad enough. So we have to rule that out. But it got me thinking about like, what is that thing? What is that? That's such a, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about that this week. Like there are things when I'm like, I want it to do X, Y, and Z, but sometimes when I sit down, I'm like, why do I procrastinate that task? And why am I like not doing it? Okay. Yes. Very curious. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think it comes down to making things more actionable on a day-to-day basis. I think we lose track. There's a few, few parts of this. We lose track of why what we do today matters at all. So I think the connection gets broken mm. between going to the gym today. Like who cares? It's just one day at the gym. Like I, like why do I, that's not going to make a difference in me losing 30 pounds. That's what the mindset we get into. It's one day. It's one piece of cake. And that's fine. I'm not like trying to say that that type of thinking is like horrible in and of itself. But what I do believe is we lose track of, no, what I can do today is just get my butt in the gym. And we forget that that is really truly connected to the end goal, right? Mm. That's the first thing. The second thing is I don't think we do a good enough job celebrating small wins. And this is kind of like the big one for me. We oftentimes only give ourselves permission to truly celebrate and high five ourselves when we've lost 30 pounds, when we've hit six figures in our business, when we've quit our day job. We don't allow ourselves to truly like take a time out and like 
celebrate the progress that we've made. And as a result, you're going to burn out because it sucks to feel like you're never there. It sucks to feel like you've never made progress. This is why I'm a big fan of the uh, concept of a progress log. So this is something we talk about over in the Fizzle forums, but you can do it with just a piece of paper or a Trello board. But keeping track on a weekly basis, like what what have I accomplished this week? I love, I have a Trello board for myself, all my personal data that I can think of. And I put it in a Trello board and I have committed to looking at it at the end of every month. So that might include, it's like all the metrics I can get my hands on, uh, page views, follower numbers, podcast downloads. I also keep track of um, really kind and awesome comments and emails and I put them all in one place and I have it on my calendar now that at the end of each month, I am going to look at that and compare it to where I was last month. We don't do that. I didn't do that. I just was always focused on the fact that I don't have 10,000 followers. Mm. I didn't focus on the fact that I gained 200 this month. Like that, I think, is what happens with that motivation. So when we're not allowing ourselves to celebrate the little milestones, I think we burn out on the daily habits because we get to, we, we start thinking like, what's the point? So my big takeaway from this awesome conversation we had about this topic was <laughs> really put a system in place where you can evaluate how far you've come in a shorter amount of time because you're not going to lose 30 pounds overnight. You're not going to hit six figures in your business overnight, but you are going to make little progress week after week. And once you start to see what that progress looks like, that's when I think you get more motivated to get your butt back in the gym. You get more motivated to sit down and write the blog post because you realize you see the progress, you see yourself growing and that in itself is motivating. Yeah. And I also too, like another thing that I struggle with is when you oh, say so like working out sometimes too, I'm like, oh, what's the point? I only have 20 yes. minutes. And then I have to remind myself to say, well, 20 minutes is better than zero minutes. Mm-hmm. Or I need to check my email, but I only have 20 minutes. Oh, forget it. I, it's one of those like I build it up in my mind and I'm like, this is so dumb. I'm like, I just need to – 20 minutes is better than no minutes. And being able to break that cycle to say like every minute that you can spend doing something is better than zero minutes, right? Like one minute is better than nothing. Two minutes is better than one minute. Like reminding yourself and and I love how you say celebrating the success in that. And that's such a good question. Mm -hmm. I think so too. It was a a cool discussion to be a part of for sure because it's so real. Like, and I, I hate the advice and I'm here to say, I don't think that you don't want it bad enough. Like when people say like this poor person had, had felt like, she'd gotten, she'd brought this to other people who had said, well, you just don't want it bad enough. And it's like, no, that's not what it is. So I think for anybody out there who feels that that's not it. You just have to have a system in place that allows you to see your progress because that's going to keep you showing up week after week. Mm-hmm. Being able to see we, Yeah. That's why metrics and numbers are so great. So exactly. Oh, Steph, thank you so much. Share with our listeners where they can find you and get connected with you and all that good stuff. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's always so fun to talk with you, Bo, and you know how much I love you. So uh, you guys can find me. uh, If you want to check out Fizzle, you can get five weeks for free. Just go to fizzle.co slash courage. We've got courses, community, all a bunch of cool stuff. As for my podcast, I'd love for you guys to check it out. It's just courageandclarity.com. And uh, let's see on Instagram at Steph Crowder with an underscore at the end. Okay. Awesome, Steph. Thank you so much. Thank you and happy wedding. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.